stay here in uh, Saginaw? Okay, okay. All right. Good morning. And again, praises to God who does all things well to all you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Again, welcome. We are excited to be back in the house of the Lord. After all, this is the day that the Lord had made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Again, we welcome all of you. Let me give a quick shout out to our virtual listeners in Washington, Kansas, Mississippi, Nashville, Tennessee, Texas, Ohio, Georgia, California, North and South Carolina, uh, again, Indiana, Ohio, Illinois, Chicago, uh, Thailand. Again, we got listeners there. Uh, to all our friends in uh, Battle Creek, Kalamazoo, Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti, Portage, uh, Midland, Bay City. Uh, again, we welcome you, Battle Creek. We welcome you to our listeners right here in the city and our virtual or our in-person viewers today. We say again, good morning. We're thankful for this platform. We thank again the New Life family for affording us this opportunity to share the gospel worldwide. So we're thankful to all of you that tune in, to our conference call listeners that tune in faithfully week in and week out. We are thankful to you for all that you do and thank God for this blessing. So again, we're, we're again excited. A couple quick things to be aware of as we get ready to get started. This upcoming week, uh, this upcoming week, Wolverine State Congress of Christian Education uh, has a week of classes starting tomorrow night, starting tomorrow night. And so uh, if you want to take part in those classes, obviously you need to find out from uh, Trinell. Uh, they start tomorrow. They end on Thursday. Two of them are workshops. Um, and so you just need to know that in advance. Those don't go all week. They are one-day events, so you need to be aware of that. That's next week. That's this week, rather. I'm sorry. That's this upcoming week. On this upcoming Saturday, 
Operations Dry Bottoms will be giving away diapers again. It's referral based by a member of the congregation. And so again, we thank the women of worship for spearheading this endeavor. Again, we thank God for them. Uh, the following week, uh, next week, to be honest, next Tuesday, I think it's next Tuesday, or it is the day after Memorial Day, the 31st. The 31st of May will be the official opening of the park. Um, and again, spread the word. Um, it's going to happen from 5 to 7.30. That's the park hours, 5 to 7.30. Uh, we're going to be giving away a, a flat screen TV, 55-inch, an Xbox. We're giving away bikes, gift cards. Uh, there might be an occasional hot dog and some chips out there. Um, if you'd like to be a part of that, but spread the word. We want people to come in and begin to utilize the park. And so, again, we want you to be aware. Spread the word. The day after Memorial Day uh, will be the day we'll do the official opening at that time. Uh, we are getting ready. Uh, in August, uh, we have Mr. Ethan Ashley, who is the first African-American grand chess master in the country. He will be coming to us in August. Stay tuned for details on that. Uh, coming up in June, there are several events happening in June. On June the 4th, which is a Saturday starting at 9 a.m. at Trinity Baptist Church in Pontiac, we have a teacher summit entitled Teaching in Uncharted Territory. Our very own dean, uh, Dr. John DeVoe Tolbert, uh, will be providing the leadership on that. Our very own uh, Trinell Tatum will be doing a workshop along with some other presenters. One of our, our national dean will be there, um, and one of our other national officers will be there. And so uh, it is hybrid. Hybrid means that you can uh, get on or get in the class via Zoom. You don't have to travel down there. Um, we just need to know you want to be involved. You can see the subjects. Um, if we can't see them, I don't think we can. I, assume, I think we can see the teachers. But the subjects, uh, I will try to make sure we share those subjects with you here in the next, uh, either today before worship or Wednesday. And that way you can decide if you want to be a part of that. During the month of June, we celebrate Father's Day, but we also take time to celebrate our graduates. And I don't know the actual day that our graduates, what's the actual graduation day? Anybody aware? You can tell we're all outdated because no, none of us know the date. Um, tentatively, it is our intent uh, the second Sunday in June. Yep. All right. So, okay. So, we will probably celebrate our graduates June, the second Sunday in June. We'll do that during the life development hour. Uh, so that, again, we can celebrate them. That will also be the time that we will acknowledge all of our youth. If you have excelled in your school, uh, in academics, if you've moved some grades up and want us to acknowledge that, any of our young people, we want you to know we will acknowledge that. If you graduated from college, we will acknowledge you at that time. If you graduated from trade school, we will acknowledge that. If you've passed some tests on your job, we will acknowledge that. So it is Recognition Sunday. It will take place during the Sunday school hour. Okay? I want you to be aware of that. I say this. Let me say it again. 
So we understand that, again, we want to recognize every active member of our congregation. The key word is active. Okay, I want you to be aware of that. I want to be fair with everybody that, that uh, is a member, is active, meaning that you are attending, you're engaged, you're involved. I can see if you're attending school in South Carolina, but if you're, if you're again, the word active means that you are actively engaged, okay? And so that's where we stand. Keep praying for the sick and shut-in. Um, keep praying, uh, Brother Dwayne Ferris, uh, eulogize uh, his, or celebrated, rather, the, the, the passing of his brother on yesterday. So uh, we're praying for him. Uh, again, one of our very own, uh, Dr. Addis Moore, his brother passed away on Thursday. Um, or early Friday morning, rather, so we're praying for him. Um, again, for all of our members that have had loved ones pass away, know that we are praying for you. If this month is your birthday or we celebrate your birthday again, if it's your anniversary, if you've retired, uh, whatever you are celebrating this month, we thank God for you. All right? Once you know that, we thank God for you. Uh, brothers, don't forget a couple things coming up in June couple things coming up in June. Number one, the Brotherhood will be meeting, and it is our intent now to meet the Saturday before Father's Day for about an hour and a half. It won't go longer than that. It'll probably be shorter than that. We're going to be using this book entitled Kingdom Men by Dr. Tony Evans. I've been talking about it now for about a month. If you don't have it, you need to get it. And let me just throw this in there. When I say you need to get it, I mean you need to get it from me. We're making this thing, again, so easy. You don't have to even go purchase it. We have purchased it for you. All you have to do is see me, or better yet, see one of the deacons. They have access to the books. They'll make sure you get it. Read chapter one. It's about 12 pages. All right, that's a page a day. All right, so get the book. We want to be prepared. Um, we are ready to become kingdom men. We are ready to move and do some great things for this ministry. So we need you engaged and involved. In June, uh, our transportation ministry will be up and operational. Uh, right now, we're developing COVID protocols for anybody that rides the bus or not bus, but ride the van. Want to make sure that uh, we understand the protocols for that. So again, we want you to be aware of that. In June, we are seeking to reopen the nursery. Um, if we've got the working staff to make that happen, uh, which means that we expect also to start youth church in the month of June, if we have the staffing for that. That is our intent. Right now, we are about 55 to 60% of all of our ministries up and operational. We're still following the plan that we laid out to the church in December. We're still following the plan on activating everything. It is our intent in September for life development to be back in full swing, meaning that we will have classes that you can attend until then, this lecturing format is the format that we have been following. As a matter of fact, we've been following it now for two and a half years. The only difference now is over the last year, we have invited the membership in. It's a temporary format that serves a temporary solution uh, until we, or a temporary um, 
method we use to solve a temporary problem until we can get back to our classes. Okay? So that's where we stand. Again, I'm flanked by, again, uh, some of the world's foremost theologians par excellence. In the person of Deacon James R. York and Deacon Damon uh, Yancey. Um, uh, again, uh, if you come to church, uh, again, I would suggest if you do come, um, it is nice and cool in the church. It's supposed to be 81 degrees today. And we want our temperature inside to make sure that you don't have to fan. So the, the cooling system is running. Um, so I want you to be aware of that. Uh, again, uh, we've got these new units inside the sanctuary that will keep us nice and cool during the process. So if you want, bring a sweater or something uh, just in case. All right? Just in case. All right? All right. So again, today we're trying to wrap up this series that we have uh, entitled Improving My Life by Improving My Walk with God. It has certainly been an eye-opening process. I want to continue to point people to the fact that our vision is love, grow, and serve. And one of the things that I hope that you pay particular attention to over the last two years is that everything that we have been educating and teaching on has filtered right into that theme. Okay? We are supposed to grow. All right? We are supposed, we're not supposed to be stagnant. And for the church to not grow is an indictment on the church. The church will grow when the people of God grow. If the people of God don't grow, then the church becomes stagnant, stale, or dead in the water. So what is God challenging us to do to improve our relationship with him? I promise you, if you improve your walk with God, your life will automatically improve. I promise you that. All right. There's no way you can tell me that you have increased your relationship with God, you've grown closer to God, and you're still treating people like trash. There's no way you're going to be able to tell me that. There's no way you're going to be able to tell me, you know, I've deepened my relationship with God, and you're still hating other people. There's, there's no way you're going to be able to tell me that you have grown in your relationship with God, and you're not tithing according to scriptures. Okay, now some of y'all just got quiet there. All right. But the point I'm getting at is as you improve your relationship with God, ultimately what ultimately happens is we begin to see that manifest in your service, in your love, in your giving, uh, in all those things. You know, for the record, when we talk about giving, we're not always talking about money. But let me just make sure you're aware of this. When you research Jesus' record in the Gospels, you'll find Jesus talked more about money than he did anything else because he knew that money was one of those things that we held close to uh, or that we be or became a God in our lives. I'm saying giving is just your praise. It is your sharing. It is everything, all right? It's everything. So when we talk about giving, you know, giving is not just about finances. It's giving of your time. Uh, giving of your stewardship. Uh, it is giving, uh, using your gift to help other people. So remember, our, our theme is love, grow, serve. All right? So the general theory is that as you draw closer to God, you fall deeper in love with God. When you fall deeper in love with God, um, you want to serve God. And when you want to serve God, you grow, you learn so that you can learn how to serve God. Okay? 
So in the start on the day, we're, we're in what we call the final stretch. We're on the final curve. Uh, eight reasons why obedience is important to God. First Samuel, I think 1522 says to obey is better than sacrifice. All right. We know that. All right. The Bible tells us this. It says, if you love me, obey my commandments and my commandments are not grievous. Jesus says the least you can do is love or demonstrate your obedience by doing what I've asked you to do. So one of the things that we talked about, and Dean York, you can help me with number one, just that thought, if you will. Eight reasons why obedience um, uh, to God is important. Number one, what's that first start, Deacon, Dean York? Number one, Jesus called us to obey. Okay. So yeah. Jesus calls us to obey. It's not an option. It is a directive. Now, Jesus is not going to make you obey him. And you ought to know that by now because a lot of us aren't obeying him right now. Right? I mean, he's not going to make you obey. He, he wants you to obey out of a compulsion of love. Notice he says, if you love me. Okay? The operative word there is love me. And so one of the things that we have to understand is Jesus was the perfect model of obedience. In everything he did, he did it because he loved his father. All right. And so everything he does, he does it because he wants to please the father. Well, let me throw the question out to you. Do you want to please the father? Because if you want to please the father, he shouldn't have to force you. And trust me about this about God, Dean Yancey. God is not going to force you to do it. Worship is optional. And by that, what I mean is God is not going to make you worship him. It's a choice. Okay. It's a choice. God could have. God could have made us all robots and made us worship him. But God has given us this thing called free will, right? So, so what does free will mean, in, in your opinion, Ding Yancey, Ding, Ding York? What does it mean? What does free will mean? Um, in my opinion, I think free will means that God gives us the opportunity to, um, to do the right thing, to be obedient um, to his word, to listen to his word. Um, and actually accept the teaching that you're receiving from um, your leadership. Okay. Dean, what do you think free will means? Free will, he gives you the opportunity to do what you want to do. There you Amen. go. Amen. Basic, that's basically what he's saying. And, and we know that, Deacon York, because remember now, in the Garden of Eden, God said, look, y'all can eat from any of these trees, but, no, but not that one. He gave us a free will. So you have a choice now. You can choose to serve God or not serve God. You can choose to live by his word or not live. But you need to understand this, that there are consequences when you choose not to do it. All right? God is not going to make people worship him. All right? But there's a consequence when you don't. And that's the thing we have to understand. So Christ became the perfect example in that it says he lived here. You know, he, he was here, he lived in a sinful world, but yet he did not sin. And the Bible says he left an example that we can follow. And then he turned around and gave us his word to help us in those moments when we struggle with the flesh. All right. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. God says, okay, I know you can't do it in the flesh, so I'm going to give you my word, which has power behind it, that can help you do what you want to do. The Bible says, resist the devil and he shall flee you. So you've got a choice. 
And so obedience then, when Jesus calls us to obey, Jesus say, look, I'm going to never ask you to do anything that I didn't do before I came or went back to my father. All right? So that's number one. Number two, we understand that obedience is actually an act of worship. All right? And I think it's important for us to understand that believers are not justified uh, are not justified, made righteous by obedience. It's an act of worship. Giving is an act of worship, okay? And we have to understand that obeying God, there again, we're paying homage or worship to God, all right? It's important for us to understand that. And so one of the things that he tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies, what? As a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. And in verse 2, he says, and be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. The onus is on you. All right? I, I like that because look at it now. Everything God does, he gives you the option to either do it or don't do it. Can I help you with that? He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man... All right, you get it? The doorknob is on your side. He said if any man will open, he said he would come in and sup with him and him. The onus is on you. You have the power. It's just a matter of will you comply with it. All right? So the way that we worship God is by giving God us. All right? God say the least you can do is give me you. Okay, let me recite the scripture again so you can get it, says Meekin, says Trust. Brethren, I beseech thee, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Brethren, I beseech thee by the mercies of God that you present. Watch this now. That you present. Did y'all get it? That you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. All right? Then he says, holy and acceptable unto me, which is your reasonable. God say the least you could do is give me you. And then he says in verse 2, and then once you do that, don't be conformed to the world. All right? Don't go, 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 don't go back out there acting crazy. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Anybody remember back in the day the 8-track the tape? Anybody remember the VHS? No, remember when you used to have to take them back to the store? What was the thing that they asked you to do? Please be kind and rewind. So when he says, by the renewing of, he's saying, go back to the mind be that you had before. Or go back to the mind of man before. So when he says, by the renewing of mind. And then he says this. Once you do that, that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Once you get conformed or once you get transformed, you should be able to comply with the word of God with no problem. All right? So obedience is an act of worship. Number three, didn't you answer? What does that say? God rewards obedience. All right? So we understand, and, and just chime in, either of you, as it relates to this, God rewards obedience. All right? God rewards obedience. One of the things that God tells us, and, and you can see this, uh, didn't you uh, at the bottom of page 25, Luke, I think it's Luke um, uh, 11 and 28, uh, Luke 11 and 28, and it's actually the, the text right before, uh, if you see it, where it says, uh, Jesus replied, 
blood even more. You see that? You see it or no? Okay, let me get it. Jesus, Jesus replied, okay. but even more blessed are all now who watch hear this the now. Watch this. Go ahead. All who hear the word of God and put it into practice. All right. So he tells us when you obey the word, he says you are blessed. All right. You are blessed. And it's imperative, important for us to understand that your blessings are predicated on your obedience. Just because you say it, it don't mean you're going to wake up every day and, it, you know, you're going to get all these blessings. You got to be obedient. All right? You got to be obedient. I mean, come on now. The least he said, he said you got to love everybody. You got to do these things. I think some people think, well, when I'm saved, not God just going to bless me every day. God does bless us, but not in the way that you think. If you can breathe right now, that's a blessing. If you can move your eyes, if you even make them cross-eyed, that's a blessing. All right? If you can smile and you got at least two teeth, they may not be together. It might be, you know, you might have a strike in the middle, but if, if you can do that, you're blessed. Okay? The point I'm getting at is, you know, God rewards. So come here, Abraham, for a second. God told Abraham, take your son, take him up there on that mountain and slay him. All right? Abraham got up, went on that mountain, and was going to do what God said. And God said, hold your hand. He says, now I know that you won't withhold anything from me, all right? And then God had made him this covenant. God says, because of your faithfulness to me, your obedience to me, he said, I'm going to multiply your seed like the sand on the seashores. Whether you know it or not, we are spiritual descendants of Abraham. We're spiritual descendants. He's, and watch this now. And a lot of people don't shout on this, Brother Brooks. A lot of people don't shout on this. He said, first of all, I'm going to see the Abraham. He says, he says uh, I'm going to bless those that bless you, and I'm going to curse those that curse you. All right? He said, I'm going to make your name great. Don't, that's, our, that's our spiritual father of faith. We call Abraham the father of the faithful. How did Abraham get that? Because he obeyed God. All right? Imagine how much better off our lives would be if we took time to obey God. Or oh, let me push it a little bit more. If we obey God, uh, let me see how I can say this, in totality, that everything we did. Now, I keep using this theme, I hope you got it by now, total new life. Uh, imagine if everybody that went to New Life came to Sunday school. Imagine if every member came to Bible study, if every member tied, if every member witnessed, if every member used their spiritual gift. What do you think this church would be like, Deacon York? What do you think this church would be like if everybody did that? Uh, I think it would be awesome. We, we would probably be... Double in size. Yeah. We probably had to build a new sanctuary. Yeah. Which is awesome. Amen. Praise yes, sir. God. And I think we're on our way. Amen. All right. Total new life. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Amen. All right. Ding, ding, yes. What do you think? Uh, I look at it as a, as a blessing. We could do more ministry work. Uh, we better be, do just more things just for the kingdom as far as outreach. Um, with mission in the city growing. We got the manpower to man these things that we need at the church and to help the kingdom and also to help our pastor to take a load off his back. You know, and I think at the end of the day, the thing we have to understand is at the end of the day, if all of us were doing that, here's the key thing we have to understand. God would get the glory.
because that's the whole purpose. At the end of the day, if everybody did those five things, God would get the glory and souls would be added to the kingdom. All right. It's amazing even now that many of us go from Sunday to Sunday and never open the Bible. We never pray. We never witness. We never use our gift. Many of us don't even know what our gift is. And we've been in church for years. And so we've got to learn those things. So, you know, at some point you can anticipate, uh, and I think we had one at, at one time, we had a, a, a class on spiritual gifts. Okay? So it will come back into place. But, you know, again, you know, when you, when you want to please God, you learn to try to learn ways to make sure that God is okay with your actions. So that brings me to number four. Obedience to God proves our love. All right? The more I love God, the more I want to do for God, right? The more I love God, the more I want to do for God. When you look in First and Second John, they clearly explain to us that, that obedience to God demonstrates love for God, right? Uh, loving God implies following his commands at the end of the day. All right. So by this, for example, here's, a, here's one for you to think about. By this, uh, this is 1 John chapter 5, uh, verse 2 and 3. And uh, Deacon uh, Roscoe, if you can pull that up, I think in our outline we have the English uh, standard version. But, but if you could, if either one of you, Deacon Yancey, uh, if you can read from the screen, that's the King James Version. Or, or Deacon York, whichever. Okay. By this, we know that we love the children of God. Now, stop right there. Watch this. This is how we know we love the children of God. Watch this. Go ahead. When we love God and keep his commandments. So do you see the connection? When you love God and keep his commandments, you don't have a choice but to love the children of God. All right. Now watch this verse here. Watch this. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. Mm. I hear some crickets now. <laughs> because at the end of the day, Brother Ernie, you know, God is saying, this is how I know you love me. And everything I ask you to do, the word grievous means it's a burden. God said, my commandments are not a burden. All right. The only way they become a burden, Ding York, Ding Yancey, is if it's something we really don't want to do. All right. Well, you know, I, I, need to, I need to do this, you know, because... No, no, no. If you saying it like that, then your mindset and your heart is not in the right place. All right. You never see you never heard Jesus say, oh, man, God, you mean I got to I got to actually die. Can't I just, you know, I, I got to die. I, they got to beat me and whip me. Man, I, well, you know, if you say so, I guess I'll do it. Jesus said, whatever my father want me to do, I'll do. I do it because I love him. He never questioned it. Understand this now. There was never a doubt in Jesus' mind from the minute he was born that he was going to die. You he, there was never doubt in his mind. He knew the type of death he was going to die. He knew he was going to be betrayed. He knew he was going to be beaten. He knew he was going to have nails. He knew all that in advance. It, that didn't just happen when he died. Remember, he's the Alpha and the Omega. He knew from day one the type of death he was going to die. He never complained. You hear him say that a lot. He never said a mumbling word. 
you hear us say that often. He knew that the very, and he even told you, he said, Peter, look, uh, you're going to betray me. Not just once, but you're going to do it three times. All right. You know, he said, y'all going to fall away from him. He knew all this in advance. He knew Judas was going to betray him. I would have had a problem with Judas. I'm just telling you right now. You know, I've been trained you for three years, and this is, what, this is how you do me? I, I probably would have had a problem. Okay? But, but that's why he is the example and not me. That's why Jesus is the example for us when it comes to living uh, a life that pleases God. So, again, obeying God is critical. There's another scripture, Deacon, Deacon, uh, Deacon Roscoe, uh, 2 John, um, I think it's 2 John and number 6, verse number 6. Uh, I believe it is. If you can help us with that, because there again, I think it's critical for us to understand all of those books pretty much tell us this text or tell us, in essence, that God wants us to learn how to obey. And obeying God simply means that we love God. I'm looking and trying to get over there myself as we get there. So in 2 John uh, and verse number 6, it says this. Uh, matter of fact, let me, let me read verse number 5. It says this. Uh, second, second John, um, uh, verse number 6 says, And now, dear lady, I'm not writing you a new commandment, but we have, ha but we have had... Uh, but one we've had from the beginning. He says, I ask that we love one another. Watch this now. Uh, verse 6, it says, and this is love. That, watch this now. That we walk in obedience to his commandments. Y'all hear me? He says, as you've heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Now, I said this before. I said it this uh, Friday, and I'll say it again. You can be in love and not walk in love because there's a difference, okay? And what he's telling us is to walk in love, all right? But he says, again, in verse 6 of, of 2 John, uh, he says, uh, verse 6, and this is love that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you've heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. That's all God wants us to do. He wants us to learn how to walk in love. It's hard uh, when you have become desensitized to the spirit to walk in love. It's hard. And let me say this, and maybe you can chime in, Ding York, Ding Yancey. We got to be real careful as believers that the attitudes and opinions of the world don't infect us in the process. Right? We got to be real careful. Um, you know, the world is going one way, and we're going the opposite way. And you cannot expect the world to understand why we do what we do. Because if they understood that, they'd be serving the same God that we serve. Why did God allow Jesus to be born of a virgin? Why was he born uh, in the home of a carpenter? Why did he have to die? His ways are not our ways. And so everything about God, everything about you as a believer, don't expect other people, says Jackson, don't expect other people to understand that. We have to be, remember now, we don't have to give excuses for anything. Say, just let your light shine. All right? So obedience to God proves our love uh, for God. What's, what's number, uh, Deacon York, what's number five? 
Number five says, obedience to God demonstrates faith. Mm. Amen. All right. Now, everybody know one of my favorite scriptures, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number six. Actually, Hebrews chapter 11, verse number one. And then we'll look at verse six. It says, now faith is what? The substance of what? Of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It doesn't require any faith, Deacon York, if you can see it. Okay? When Peter got on that water, he couldn't see how he was going to stay up there. But that was a level of faith. All right? When the woman came through that crowd um, to touch Jesus, him, H-E-M, that was a level of faith. All right? When uh, the, 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 uh, the army... Uh, commander did as Elijah said and went and dipped in the pool of dirty water that took a level of faith all right and so what God is telling us now is again obedience to God demonstrates faith what's Hebrews 11 and 6 it says this all right it says but without faith it is what okay wait y'all y'all went over that too fast I don't want you to miss the word. Y'all going to get a speeding ticket in a minute. Just watch. It says, but without faith, it is impossible. The word impossible means what? There is no way that you can please God. All right? Because number one, you got to believe that he is. And number two, that he is a reward of them that diligently Seeking. The word diligently means I'm pursuing him. It's not just something I do on Sunday. It's not just something I do on Wednesday. When I wake up, it's Jesus. When I go to bed, it's Jesus. When I'm out in the sun and the sun is beaming down on my brown skin and it's making me feel, that's Jesus. In the winter when it's cold outside, that's Jesus. All right, is Jesus. And so he wants us to know that when we obey God, we show our trust and our faith in him. All right. Then you go ahead. Um, I think obedience means following God had had to follow God even if we don't know the outcome. Exactly. Amen. You know, and it's critical to understand God doesn't want you to see. Because if you saw what you was gonna go into, you change your mind. All right. If I knew Sister Meekins, Sister Taylor, if I knew going down 75 this afternoon, I'm going to run into this hailstorm, I probably wouldn't be going. All right. That's why he says, and notice the phrase now. I don't want you to miss the words. He says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. He doesn't want you to see. He wants you to trust him. All right. A baby, for example. All right. A baby, Deacon York. Uh, Deacon Stewart, a baby, when a baby is learning how to walk, they grab onto your hands, right? Yeah. All right? And they don't know where you lead them, but they trust you. So as you move, they move. As, as you walk, they walk. That's a level of trust, and that's out of a compulsion of love. All right? That's what God is telling us. When we trust God, we have no problem obeying God. All right? All right, so one of the things that I want people to understand at the end of the day, uh, and if you can help us with this, uh, Deacon, Deacon uh, Roscoe, uh, 1 John chapter 2, 
uh, verses uh, three through six. We want to just kind of put that out there because I think it's important to put this out there so people can have it. Uh, in First John uh, chapter two, verse uh, three through six, watch this, and, and you can help us with this, Deacon Yancey, if you can read that. And, and hereby we do not know, we do not know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Go ahead. He, he, he that he that said, "I know him," and kept kept not his commandment is a liar. All right, and, stop right there. Now let me come back. Now he that saith, "I know him," and keepeth not his commands. You get that? If you say you know him, but you ain't keeping his commands, what is he? Huh? Right. Y'all said y'all y'all didn't call people it before. Y'all said in here for real. <laughs> it's legitimate today. What is it? Now, y'all say it worse than that in the street. Now, what is it? He a lie. Y'all know how y'all say it. He said, he say, he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandment is a liar. And what else? Go ahead, Dean Yancey. And the truth is not in him. Mm. All right, watch this. Go to the next verse. Watch this. But whoever so keepeth his word in him verify is the love of God. Stop right there. Verily, in him verily is the love of God perfected. That means that that person is operating in the love of God because what? He is obeying his word. All right, keep going. Perfect. Hereby know we that we are in him. All right, last verse, if you would. Oh, he that said it, said he abide, abided in him or ought. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a, it's a mouthful. <laughs> he that said it, and he abided in him, ought himself also, so to walk even as he walked. Mm. You get that? So what he's saying, says Brown, with the, with the nice red hat on, what he's saying is, he that saith he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk as he, in other words, as he was the example, he's saying, follow after me. That's what he's saying to all of us. And what God is trying to say is we demonstrate that by our actions. So here's a question for all of you. Do people see Christ in you every day? Wow. Can they see Christ in your actions? Can they see Christ in your conversation? Can they see Christ in how you respond to the things of the world? Because remember now, we're supposed to have a biblical worldview, not a worldview. A biblical worldview means that my worldview is based on the word of God. So when I see stuff going on right now, for example, there's this huge conversation and issue going on about abortions in, in the world right now. We know that the word of God says thou shall not kill. All right. We also know that the reason why abortion is an issue is because a lot of people are having uh, sex outside of marriage. Uh, a lot of people are getting caught committing adultery and other things, and rather than to keep the child, they want to, okay? I mean, another part of this whole thing, and there's so many different ways to look at this. Um, you know, people don't want to be accountable. They don't want to raise another child. They don't want to be accountable and so at the end of the day, our worldview is whatever God's word says is what our worldview or our view ought to be. That's a tough thing in this world now because what has happened, and I could be wrong, Dean York, um, I could be wrong, but 
in the work environment now, you can't talk about God no more. All right? You're shunned. And discipline if you mention his name in some circles. Okay? I believe this. God had me on all my jobs for a purpose. And so I wasn't ashamed to own him because I believe this. If God, God had me there for a season, he might want me to drop one nugget and they're going to fire me and then he's going to send me someplace else. If God gave me that job, he'd give me another job. Okay? So righteousness is a good risk. Okay? Doesn't mean that every day is going to be sunny. But what it also means is, Jesus said, look, if they persecuted me, what make you think you're immune from persecution? I mean, think about that. They persecuted the king of kings and the lord of lords and thought nothing about it. So he said, if, you, if they beat me and spit on me and betrayed me, what make you think they ain't going to do the same thing to you? All right? So when we obey God, we show our trust and faith in him. On a scale of 1 to 10, before we go to number 6, um, on a scale of 1 to 10, what is your faith and trust meter like with God? How much do you trust God? Let me push this a little bit. And secondly, what are you doing to increase your faith and trust in God? Well, you know, I, I, you know, I, I think I trust God a lot. Well, what's a lot? Because if you can't say 100%, you still got a problem. Remember the song I'm doing, I'm doing, uh, uh, I'm, re I'm trying to do 100 because 99 and a half won't do? If you trust God 99 and a half, you still got some work to do. You ain't at 100. Right? So what area of your life, think about this real quickly. What area of your life uh, would you say that your trust of God is at its worst? I just want you to think about that. Because in some areas in your life, you may not have a problem. But in other areas of your life, you may really struggle. Okay? Remember the man that had the son that was possessed by a spirit of torment that came to Jesus? Jesus was up on the mountain. He comes down. There's a commotion going on. And Jesus said, what is all this? The man said, look, uh, I brought my son to your boys uh, he's got this spirit that tried to disfigure him, burn him, torture him, throw him off the cliff, throw him in the water, etc. He said, your boys couldn't do nothing. He said, but if you can, Jesus said, hold up, if. Jesus said, Wait, all things are possible to him who believes. And I like this man, and you hear me talk about him often because this man was very transparent. He said, look, I do believe, but help my unbelief. And there might be some areas in your life where, Lord, I really want to do this, but I'm really struggling. I need some help. When you get to that point, that's when God will help you. Okay? Until then, you're trying to figure it out yourself. Guess what's going to happen? It's going to keep blowing up in your face. All right? Num number six. Dignior. Go ahead. Number six. Number six. Obedience is better than sacrifice. All right? So, so when we hear that phrase, it, it, it's a very, um, I, I won't say it's a confusing term, uh, but, uh, but a lot of people don't really understand the meaning of it. See, when you actually look at it, the law required people to offer sacrifices, all right, y'all remember that to God? But at the end of the day, let's understand biblically that the sacrifices were never to replace 
or take the place of obedience. All right? Most people don't understand that. So, so what uh, Samuel was trying to say was, what's more pleasing to God? Is it giving me a sacrifice? Because that's what Saul was trying to do. Saul said, well, you know, I, I, I had told them don't do it, but they want to say, Saul thought that if I just give these to God, that God going to be happy. God said, no, no, no. No. What I want you to do is do what I told you to do. All right? You think just because you did that, that I'm going to be okay. No. God wants obedience more than he does anything else. All right? And I think we have to make sure we accentuate that because for people to really understand, and I say that right now more so than ever, says Marshall, in this very crooked, mixed up world, just yesterday in Buffalo uh, or Oklahoma someplace, there was a shooting and I think 10 people were shot or killed. This past weekend in Chicago, 65 young people were shot. Okay, we've got people confused about which bathrooms to go in. You could be in a restroom and there could be another guy in the stall next to you. All right. Um, we, we're now confused about sports now where now, you know, they want men to compete in women's sports. In a very confused world. Um, it is easy if we're not careful that we can start co-signing this stuff. But remember what God said, be holy for I'm holy. That's not an option. That's a mandate. All right. He tells us to walk in love. He tells us to obey. It's not an option. It's a mandate. So at the end of the day, God is saying, how do you please me? By doing what I tell you to do. Doesn't matter if you understand. All right. anybody, ever, anybody ever had your mama tell you or your mama or dad tell you to do something and you didn't understand but you did it anyway? Right? I, I mean, first of all, you was five years old. You didn't know why she was telling you to do that, but you did it anyway. But you did it, why? Out of love. You trusted and that's what God is saying to us now. Trust. I mean, after all, I mean, I made the heavens and the earth. I stood out on nothing and said, let there be, and everything came into existence. All right? I created everything. And so if God created everything, don't you think you could trust him with your little life? Because the Bible says we're nothing but a mist, a little vapor. We can be here today and go on tomorrow. All right? Now, I, I could be wrong, Dean Yancey. Says Brown. I could be wrong, but if we can trust a pilot that we've never met before, you don't even know his credentials. You just get on there and they say, Pilot John Smith. If you can trust a pilot you've never met before to put this metallic bird up in the air and fly it, okay, at an altitude of 30,000 square feet or 30,000 feet, if you can trust them, why can't you trust God? If you can trust a surgeon that you've never seen do heart surgery before, all right? If you can go to a dentist for the first time and you say, okay, now open your mouth, and you open your mouth, 
He said, now I'm going to give you a shot, and you let him give you a shot. You don't know what he's shooting you with, but he's shooting you with something. And then he get that drill. He start making all that noise. If you can trust him, if you can trust a person in a restaurant to cook your food, hmm? if you can trust paramedics to come to your house and resuscitate, why can't you trust the creator of the heavens and the earth? Real simple. All right, just trying to put it in perspective. All right, what's number seven, Deacon, Deacon Yancey? Disobedient lead to sin and death. Mm. All right, so disobedience at the end of the day leads to sin and death. We know that happened because, there again, what happened to Adam? Adam had everything. Adam, when he was uh, created, was the richest man on the planet. Think about it, of course, he was the only man, but he was the richest man. All right. Adam and Eve had everything. God only had one stipulation. What was that? What was God's stipulation? Okay. And so, and so what that means is trust. When God said, look, that tree right there, uh-uh, don't mess with that. That would be like God telling you right now, says trust. Now, don't you go over there to Russia and go over there on Fifth Street and get that popcorn and eat it. And you know what Sister Trust did? She got on the plane, Brother Raz, went to Russia, went to Fifth Street, picked up that bag of popcorn and ate it. All right? Adam had everything you can imagine. The only issue was he allowed other people to dupe him into thinking that he didn't have everything he should have. I mean, think about this. Here's a man that named all the animals on the planet. All right? Had everything and lost it all. All right? Matter of fact, what he tried to do, uh, Sis Trust, he tried to blame Eve. Well, let me, I'm sorry, let me go back. He tried to blame God. Say, God, that woman you gave me. Right? He, he wouldn't even man up and say, okay, God, I'm sorry, you busted me. He said, God, wait a minute, that woman you gave me now. No, no, no. You knew the law. All right. The Bible says Eve was deceived, but Adam ate knowingly. God gave the law to Adam. Right? All right. Now, we know that Eve knew portions of it because she tried to quote it, which means at some point that Adam must have said something. All right. But Adam brought sin on us because God's you know, when you look at it, you know, there was a possibility that God intended for man to live forever. But that got messed up. All right. Methuselah lived how many, 969 years? That's a long time. What you going to talk about for 969 years? <laughs> I mean, what you going to eat? You going to eat the same, I mean, eat, bread, eat hamburger every 969 years? What about clothes? What you gonna, what you gonna wear? What what what's the fashion trend this year? And so at the end of the day, the Bible tells us this, and it's it's right there in First Corinthians, uh, chapter number fifteen. Um, and this is what it said this this is, and there are three different versions of it. And so if you can help with this, it, it says this First Corinthians fifteen and twenty two. It says, for as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. 
Why? Because Adam sinned against God. And we know this. Romans, I think, is 3 and 23. Um, I think it says this. It says, for the wages, it's either Romans 3 and 23 or Romans 6 and 23. I'm trying to get there as I'm talking to you. It says, for the wages of sin, nope, it's Romans 6 and 23. All right, it says, for the wages of sin is death. See it there? That's one paycheck I don't plan to collect. All right? For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin. Anybody that is unsaved, the penalty is death. All right? In the lake of fire. All right? And so for us, there again, you continue to... Watch this now. Even as a believer you do know that you can become disconnected from God by continual sin, right? Right? Y'all remember David who committed adultery, murder, deception? When he got convicted, what did he ask God to give back to him? Restore unto me my joy, right? He wanted, he was missing something. He said, renew the right spirit within me. He was missing his joy and his spiritual connection. Well, you do know that even as believers, when you continue to defy God, you, you lose that joy. You lose that connection. You almost become immune, all right, to the sins of the world. And that's why God is telling us every day, man ought always pray. Because when you pray every day, you give God a chance to correct you and get it correct and direct. Right? All right, we got one more thought. Come on, Deacon, uh, Deacon uh, Yancey, help us with this last thought. Through obedience, we experience the blessing of holy living. All right. Deacon, Deacon what do you think that means? Uh, holy living, I think that means that you know, we, we, you know, we can't obey God in our own strength. Right. Amen. So that we mean that in our own flesh, so that means that we have, have to use the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so when we understand, uh, 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 experience the blessing of holy living, we're talking about sanctification. We're talking about this, this whole idea of being set apart. When you're set apart, when you're consecrated for the service of God, you begin to enjoy the, you, you begin to experience the joys of the relationship with God. All right. It's a blessing day in and day out to know that I'm living for Jesus Christ. It's a blessing to know every day he walks with me and talks with me and tells me that I'm his own. It's a blessing that I can look at nature and see God in nature. All right. Those are the joys, the blessings of this holy living. And once you start walking with God, you know, you're like Enoch. You know, the more you walk with God, you just want to be with him all the time. All right. What is God? How is God going to wow me today? What miracle is God going to do in my life? And let me go a step further. Just even hearing his voice day in and day out or to make you feel some type of way, all right? That's, that's what growing, staying connected to God means. Now, you're not going to get any of that 
if you're not praying to God, reading his word, uh, constantly observing your life to make sure there is no sin, staying connected with people that can correct, watch, and observe you just as well. I know some people don't like that, but the bottom line is the reason why God tells us to strong are to bear the infirmities of the weak because God is saying to you, you need to hang around people that when you're not doing what's right, they can correct you. And when you're in a falling state, they can help you get back where you were. Matter of fact, the Bible says this, says trust. It says iron sharpens iron. So when iron sharpens iron, what happens? There's some sparks. There's some friction. But at the end, you're being sharpened. And so it don't feel good. But at the end of the day, when you hang around someone that is correcting you out of love, you should be a sharper Christian. That's what God desires. That's what he wants. And so for us, I'll challenge you with this. All right. If you're not reading the word of God, start reading. All right. Um, Sister Marshall, do you think you can read the word of God for an hour and a half just flat out? Just straight? What about you, Brother Ernie? All right. What about you, Brother Raz? Think you can read the Bible flat out for an hour and a half? Brother Raz said, no, that ain't me. I, I ain't cut like that. I'm sorry. All right. I get that. I understand that. Okay, so what if, what if you did three days at 30 minutes? Think you could do that? All right. All right. So what if you did six days at 15 minutes? So you just took an hour and a half in one day and broke it down into six days at 15 minutes. So it is doable, right? What about praying, okay? I think some people think when you pray, you gotta be talking to God for an hour. Now, nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, praying is just you communicating with God, listen at this, and God communicating with you, okay? Don't be so quick to get off your knees that you told God, God, I, I want this job. I need some extra money. And don't listen to how God going to help you. But then it's serving God. And those are the things we have to understand. So here's my challenge to you. If you're not praying, pray more. If you're not reading, read more. Okay? Connect with other Bible-believing people. All right? Mainly, you should be in life development. You should be in, in Bible study. You should be in worship. The more you're in those areas, in arenas, the more you get to interface with God. And as you interface with God, God begins to transform you. Okay? Concluding thoughts. Ding York, Ding Yancey. So, Pastor, this, this lesson was, um, it was a very impactful lesson for myself. Um, and it, it's just, this, this lesson mattered to me. I came across this as I was doing some studying. And it said, for in Christ, we find the hope of salvation and new life. And in God's words, we find wisdom, knowledge, and eternal truth. All right. Okay, obeying Amen. God, I think it must be done on a daily basis. When it's done on a daily basis, it gets, you, it gets for me to correct the mistakes I made on yesterday. Mm -hmm. So I won't make them again today. So I must do pursue God on a daily basis to obey him. All right. And the question I'll leave for you is, how much do you obey God daily? Only you can answer that question. 
How much do you obey God? Better, better yet, Dean Stewart, how much do you obey God when people aren't looking? Because that demonstrates true Christian stewardship. It's not in my presence. It's what you do when you're not in my presence. All right? All right, hey, again, let me thank our, our resident theologians and the person of Deacon York, Deacon Yancey, again, for helping. Uh, we got Deacon Tatum and... Uh, Deacon uh, Roscoe in the rafters, again, thank them as well. Thanks to all of you. Uh, take a brief break. We're going to get ready uh, for, uh, again, our worship service coming up in about 28 minutes and some change. Uh, again, let's get ready to receive what God has for us. Thank you again. We'll see you in a couple minutes. <laughs>